This is season two of the Marked Podcast from Lifeway Women. I'm your host, Mary Margaret Collingsworth. Each week, we'll hear the story of what God has done in the lives of different people. We'll talk about things that have marked them, and I know you'll be encouraged. Most of them are just like you. I'm so glad that you've joined us today. Today on the podcast, um, we are going to hear from one of my favorite artists. Um, Her name is Ellie Holcomb, and most of you are probably familiar with her music. Um, She's been around for a while, um, touring with her husband. She's released albums of her own. Um, She lives here in Nashville, Tennessee. And so um, would you guys welcome Ellie to the podcast? We're so glad you're here. Hey, so good to be here. Yes, this is going to be fun. Um, You know, I, um, I've loved, like I was telling you before we even started this, I've loved your music for a long time and I've really loved your new album, Red Sea Road. And um, I'm just excited for more women to hear it and to engage with it. Um, But tell us before we kind of dive into that, tell us a little bit about you. I know y'all have lived here in Nashville for a long time, your parents, um, you know, all of that kind of stuff. Tell us a little bit about you and your family. Yeah, so I was born and raised right here in Nashville, Tennessee, kind of grew up in studios uh, because my dad is a producer, actually, Mm. in the Christian music world. And so being in a studio was supernatural. Well, that sounds like supernatural. (laughs) Very very natural. (laughs) Yes. It was very natural. Uh I'm the oldest of five kids. Uh, Three of my brothers have ADHD and so does my mom. So life was never boring. Mm -hmm. Um, and then I went to college at UT, met one of my best guy friends in the world, swore that I'd never date him and ended up marrying him. His (laughs) name's Drew Holcomb. And we live in Nashville now with our two kids. Emmy Lou is four and Huck who Emmy Lou calls Huck a love one and a half. And, um, my husband and I both play music, did that together for eight years And then I kind of quit to be a stay-at-home mom, actually, and accidentally started a different music career. Mm, I love that. I (laughs) love that. My faith in song. And so that's what I get to do now. Awesome. So fun. Well, you know, how did, how did the process of this new album start? Like, what did that look like for you just from, you know, just kind of from when it started being birthed to like it being, you know, out on, on iTunes and so many different places now? I love that. I love your that you reference birth because writing a record for me definitely feels like labor. Like, mm. um, I mean, pretty different physical deal, but um, it feels like uh, the last two years for our community have been um, very painful with a lot of loss, a lot of heartache, a lot of suffering. And so um, this record was really born out of um, a season where I was seeing, I just, I had to write it down because I was seeing God be so faithful Mm. to draw near to our breaking hearts. And I never wanted to forget it. I'm such a forgetful person. So I was like, (laughs) I need to write this down. And I needed to sing the truth to my own weary soul. And Mm. so that's what this record is. I love that. And it really, that's very much what it is. I feel like it's almost conversational in some moments of just like you're here, you're hearing your voice, um, sharing what's on your heart. And it just feels so like we've got a little glimpse into your heart and life. And I love that about it so much. I love that. Thank you. Yeah, yeah. Some people say, I feel like I'm listening into your prayers and I'm like, that's exactly <laughs> what you're doing. Yes. <laughs> Cause usually when I write, I'm just, I am literally sitting. Um, all of my songs are, are grounded in God's word are grounded mm-hmm. in promises of God. And it's usually me sitting in those promises and saying, okay, Lord, I believe this. Help me on the days that I don't believe this. Help mm-hmm. me apply to this this truth to this specific situation or this specific hurt. And so I'm usually just asking him to help. Yeah. <laughs> 
most of my songs. That's so good. Thank you. Yeah. Well, um, you know, aside from just from creating music, like what are, what are the things that are like that you're passionate about that really drive you or really stir your soul? Mm -hmm. I love, well, I love people Mm. and I love people's stories. And I think that's my favorite thing about writing music um, is that for the, for some reason music has a way of connecting our stories yeah. and um, I'm not sure what it is, but it's like you hear a song and it names something that you felt. Yes. And, and so I, I think one of my favorite things is entering into the stories of the people in my family and my community mm-hmm. and inviting God to intersect with those stories and then seeing how God um in hearing stories of how God shows up in other people's lives and what he's doing in other people's lives. Mm-hmm. That is my favorite thing. Oh, that's so fun. And it's just such, such a unique thing too, to be able to enter in that way and, um, and tell a story that way and just get to know people. Um, because that's, and I, you know, there's so many songs that come on the radio or like I'll have my phone on shuffle in my car or something and some song will come on and it just transports me to another place. And I, you know, all of a sudden I'm back in college or I'm, you know, I'm driving down a highway crying or there's <laughs> something that has happened because music ties those, the stories of our lives together so beautifully. And, um, and I love that because it is, it's all about people at the end of the day. And my roommate actually texted me earlier today. She was like, I heard this song today and thought of you. And I listened to it at my desk. I was like, Oh my gosh. Like it's just, it has such a way of, of, of telling stories and telling truth. And, and you certainly do that in your music. And, um, you know, how does, what does that look like in community for you guys? I know y'all travel or have traveled a good bit. What does that look, you know, are y'all traveling a lot now? Um, but how does that affect with a family dynamic being a mom and a wife and how do those pieces fit together? Yeah, that's it. I love the way you're asking it. Cause there's definitely a lot of pieces. People mm. ask all the time, how on earth do you do all this? And one answer is my husband drew is truly a logistical ninja Mm. like he's really good (laughs) with the calendar and with schedule and so he brings a lot of order to our lives and and we are we do travel a lot he travels a good bit more than I do Mm -hmm. um but I'm gone probably five to ten days a month which is a lot and he's gone even more than that depending on the season and we have this incredible community here um our church our family we live in a really small well it's a big neighborhood East Nashville, and we can walk to about 20 of our friends' houses. Mm, And so we are doing life with people. And um, what it looks like for us is we just have to dive right back into community as soon as we land the plane, right? Like as soon as we get home, we can't do it without other people. And Mm -hmm. that's one thing I love. I just am so aware that I can't do this mom thing, this music thing, this wife thing alone. Like, and and none of us are supposed to do it alone. And my tendency is to want to, you know, like, <laughs> yes. I got this. Mm. I'm like a recovering perfectionist. Yes. So I'm like, oh, Lord, I can do all the things. I can mm. do all the things. I've got You're this. You strengthen me. Yes. I am with other people surrounding <laughs> me. So I am very well aware that I, we are not in this alone. So we have a really sweet community of friends and yeah. family that surround us. That's so good. And, you know, what would you say? I feel like I've talked to several friends lately who just are struggling to find community or or trying to find the value of it. Like, what would you say to a woman today who's sitting here listening, going like, is it worth it? Like to really give a part of my heart away or, you know, should I spend the kind of time to invest when I travel a bunch or things like that? Like, what would you say to encourage somebody about the value of community? Oh man, I would say that 
this life can feel so lonely. Mm. I mean, I don't know. I don't know about you, but I think every single person on the face of the earth knows what it is to be lonely, even yeah. if you're surrounded by a lot of people. And um, I think one of the most beautiful things that I've had to learn really in the past six years is the the art of being real and vulnerable and known, even mm. though that is scary as all get <laughs> yes, out. Yes, it is. Um, at the end of the day, usually people, you, you're not alone. Yeah. We, none of us are alone. And we, we all kind of know what it is to struggle. And we know what it is to fall. And we know what it is to get back up. And and to have somebody else be able to enter in, in a real way in your story, even though it's the scariest thing, it's really what we were meant for. Mm. And I think maybe even more than I heard this guy, Gary Thomas, he writes some marriage books. Yeah. And he spoke once and he said, I think even more, we kind of think in our culture, we were made to be loved. And that is true. We were made to be loved by God. But I think even more than that, we were made to love like he loves us. Mm. And when we're loving other people, we are stepping into exactly what he has wired us for Mm -hmm. and what gives us purpose and calling and makes us feel really alive. So that's seen happen for me as I've learned to be vulnerable and enter into real relationships and yeah. community. And like you said, it's hard and it's messy and it is not, mm-hmm. it's, it's not an easy thing because you have to give, you have to give, there is a give and take with it all. You have to give some of yourself. You have to be willing to, to expose some of the hard pieces and, you know, but it, but it's so worth it in the end because, that's it's it's exactly what you said it's what we were made for and we were made to do we weren't made to do this life alone and I think scripture is so clear about that on so many occasions just that like we were meant to do this life together and mm-hmm. um it is not it is not on purpose you know it is on purpose that we that we are called to do it that way um, no it is well and I think all of us I think some of us think oh I could never like mentor somebody or poor and I mean I feel that way there are girls that call me their mentor I'm like no no I'm just your friend (laughs) (laughs) I don't know enough things to be a mentor I know but I think um I remember like praying that God would bring me an older woman in my life that Mm. would pour into me and I just uh even asked around a couple of older women and you know, a lot of people had a lot of, on their plates. And there's this one lady, she was on Young Life staff here in Williamson County, um, outside of Nashville. And she came up to me and she goes, Hey, she was like, I live in Nashville and you live in Nashville. What would it be like? Like, would you be okay if I just like, we got together sometimes and I just poured Jesus into you. And <laughs> I was literally like, I hope you said yes. <laughs> it was so I didn't say yes. It just started sobbing. Mm-hmm. It was so awkward. I was like, thank you so much. Yeah. And there is, there is such, um, I, you know, it's not like she sat down and gave me any crazy wisdom that she had to know all the answers to all the questions, but she sat down with me and heard my heart and shared her heart and shared what God was showing her. Yeah. And man, that makes a huge mm-hmm. impact. It and sure I think some of us as women, especially think, oh, I don't have much to offer. Mm. You know, I don't have much wisdom to say, but man, just showing up and listening yep. and yep. telling people what's, what God's doing in your heart is like kind of a game changer. It absolutely, it absolutely is. And, and it's not, again, it's one of those things that's not easy because it takes like, it takes some of our time and it takes some of our <laughs> brain power and our heart and our energy. Um, but it's so worth it in the end. Um, and it's, and it's so, again, it's such a biblical thing to be investing in the lives of one another. And, um, you know, and I don't know about you, but like there was that moment where I always felt like the younger woman. And then all of a sudden I was like, I'm not always the younger one. Like now I've, I'm like, you know, here I'm at 32. I'm lo- like looking at these 20 somethings who are going, I need to, can I, can, can we just have lunch? Can I ask you some questions? I'm like, 
I'm the older woman. Like, how, how did this happen? You know, how did, um, you know, we turn out this way, but it's just, I'll, it has to go both ways. And I think in seasons where I'm pouring out too much or I'm being poured into too much, it gets imbalanced. And I've got to make sure that there are women on both ends so that like I'm being poured into so that I can pour out into others. And like, what is, what does that practically look like for you um, at this stage of your life? You know, I, a lot of times right now, um, my mom and my mother-in-law are two pretty incredible women, mm. um, that pour into me. And then also I have a pretty amazing counselor who yeah. I, who I just yes. like, oh, love in the mm-hmm. name of Jesus, love some counseling. Yes. And she has become, um, really, a, a, a heart and a soul teacher for me mm-hmm. and, um, love all of them love the Lord. And so, um, I have really, for me, it, it does not look like, like I've, two young kids. I'm traveling a lot and I do not have a ton of time to be like, okay, let's go grab coffee and like have all these kind of social dates. But a lot of times I'm, I'm inviting women into my home and younger Mm. girls. I'm saying, Hey, come on over. I'm folding the laundry. Let's chat. You know, or after the kids go to bed, if my husband's traveling, I usually try to have younger people who can come over, come over. And it's a great, it's so fun. It ends up being like some of my favorite parts of my day. Uh, They're unlike, un, I guess non-traditional hours or non-traditional ways of sort of hanging out and catching up. Mm-hmm. But it's been a really beautiful kind of integrated way for me to have relationships with other women. Yeah. And I think it would be super easy for somebody like you who's as busy as you are or just has a different kind of schedule than a traditional like nine to five job or things like sure. that to say, you know, I don't have time for this or I can't make it work. But I love that you said you just find creative ways and creative times to make it happen. And yeah. and sometimes those late night conversations, just sitting on the couch, folding laundry or, you know, helping, you know, letting a younger woman come, come and see how you're parenting your kids, you know, yeah. that are so significant and it matters and it makes a huge difference for her and for you in the long run because she's mm-hmm. there helping you fold your laundry but you're talking about things of the Lord or things that are going on in your life and yeah. um, sometimes we overcomplicate that whole idea of mentoring or discipleship or just investing in the lives of other people and try to make it every Thursday at four o'clock at Starbucks when sometimes that just doesn't work <laughs> for a lot of us so. yeah yeah it's been a really beautiful thing and I'll tell you what I have I've gone through seasons where I'm like no I don't have time I believe the lie that I don't have time have to make time for that. Yeah. Or I, I just, you know, I'm like, Oh, I'm really busy. I'm really tired. And I'll tell you what, every time that I'm not making time for real relationships and real conversations to happen, I get so lonely mm. and it feels so isolating. Yeah. And I start to believe a lot. The enemy, um, loves getting you alone and loves making you feel like you're doing this life alone. And so he has a heyday with me if mm. I'm not I mean, he, he can have a heyday with me a lot of days. That's why I like <laughs> to fight him on it most of the time. Yep. I'm like, no, you punk. That is not true. Mm-hmm. But he has uh, the upper hand when I'm not in real relationships with people. And yeah. so um, I've learned that I need that. My mm-hmm. soul needs that. Absolutely. We all, we all do. And um, we've just got to find, find the time because we find time for other things. And so it's just finding time for the things that are important and they're of some value, even if it feels uncomfortable to start with. Uh-huh. Yep. And it usually does. <laughs> yes. Yes, it does. And because it's, it's exposing our hearts and it's, it's laying some things out there that are, that are hard, but it's like once those things get some light shed on them, that's where the Lord can do his best work and um, where we can be most beneficial to the kingdom, to other people. Um, but community is so, so huge. Um, you know, and, and kind of 
turning a, a little bit of a different corner, like what, what is something that you have been marked by? Like, I know that, you know, music is a, is a massive part of your life. It's so much of what you guys do, but like, you know, how does the idea of being marked, like how does that sit with you or what, what's something that's happened in your life? Yeah, absolutely. Um, I, I, most of the time when I'm writing, I'm writing what is marking me mm. um, because it's my way of, if I can sing for whatever reason, the Lord wired me. Like if I sing, I believe Yeah, it really just helps. Like, it's like, you know, awake my soul, remember my soul. Don't forget who God is. Don't forget his promises. And, um, this past year, even while I was making this record, um, had been through two really hard years with our community, lots of loss and sorrow and, um, and then in the middle of recording the record, it was as if the Lord was like, okay, you've seen me be faithful in all of this. And here you're going to get to, pre- you're going to get to experience that again in your own, in a more personal way. Um, and my dad was actually diagnosed with cancer, um, right. And he's a producer on the album. So this mm-hmm. was interesting because we're getting ready. We're in the middle of recording and he sort of gets this diagnosis, that call that nobody's ever ready for, yeah. you know, no one's ever prepared for. And, um, I had the privilege of watching my mom um, a week later call for a praise and worship night at their mm. house. And I was kind of like, okay, um, this feels like a kind of weird response. It was her, it was her <laughs> birthday. It was January 18th. So it was actually a year ago, like this past January. And um, they had just had this news. It's in the middle. You know, they had all the questions ahead of them. You know, mm-hmm. so many unknowns. They have no clue how this is going to go. Pretty daunting and scary and not, you know, doesn't look like an easy road up ahead. Mm-hmm. And I had the privilege of watching my mom and my dad literally run into all of those questions, run into all of that darkness with their hands raised in the air, praising God. Mm. And um, it felt like the most unnatural thing to do in yeah. light of what they're experiencing. And yet it felt completely irresistible to not just follow them. Mm-hmm. And we encountered their posture was just this posture of hope. And it wasn't a hope that was ignoring the pain or the road ahead of them, yeah. but it was a hope that was looking dead in suffering's eyes Mm -hmm. and saying, we see you, but we know that because of what Jesus did on the cross and because he walked out of the grave, this suffering is not the end of the story, no no matter what may come. And we experienced that night, um, we experienced the peace and the presence of God in a palpable and very real way that will mark me for the rest of my life. Mm. Made it was that Philippians four, four through seven, rejoice in the Lord always. Mm-hmm. I'll say it again, rejoice. Let your gentleness be evident to all. The Lord is near. Don't worry about anything, but in everything, through prayer and petition, with thanksgiving, present your request to God. And that peace of God that transcends understanding will guard your hearts and minds in Christ Jesus. Mm-hmm. Man, I that command feels hard to me. Yeah. Rejoice in the Lord always. Really? Yeah, always. This mess, Lord? Are Mm -hmm. you kidding me? But man, I will will forever be marked by the way that he met us with peace that did not make any sense with what we were facing. Uh, so I, I am just, I am so grateful and, and I'll, I'll never be able to shake that. Yeah, I I wouldn't either. And that's, you know, it's powerful just to, 
some of those moments when you least expect it almost, or it's coming from the least expected place. Like the fact that your mom was like, we're going to do this and we're going to make this happen is so significant in that story because, you know, she's probably the one who should have been freaking out the most or panicking the most or going, I need somebody else to do this for me. And, um, and the strength that the Lord gives us when we go through trials is unbelievable and it can only come from him. That's right. Yeah. Yeah. You're like, this is not, I have no way to explain or reason this except to say that God is here and he's drawing very near to us Mm -hmm. in a really scary time. Mm -hmm. So good. Well, what, you know, is there anything like where you are right now that the Lord's teaching you just with, you know, this new album has just come out a couple of weeks ago, but just what is, you know, what are you walking through with the Lord right now, just in what you're learning or, you know, is there anything significant lately? Yeah, absolutely. Um, I think more than anything right now, the Lord is teaching me uh, how to be still. Mm. <laughs> and, um, it's interesting because it comes in a really busy season of of my life. Um, but I, I there is a verse in Exodus fourteen fourteen, mm-hmm. and it's just literally the Israelites. I mean, this is, this is from my record. So it's funny. I feel like I write the songs and then the Lord's like, let's see if you believe them. You know, so in Exodus 14, 14, there's an army behind the Israelites and the Red Sea's in front of them. And the Lord says, you need only to be still. The Lord will fight for you. Mm -hmm. And so, um, he is kind of teaching me in the middle of a lot of chaos, how to like reorient and redirect my soul back to him. Even in the of a huge busy schedule that I can always get my soul in front of him. He's always accessible. Um, if I can kind of quiet my soul in front of him, uh, it's a game. It will change the way I, every interaction that I have. Absolutely. Without question. And that's so, that's so good and so rich. And it's, it, I think it would be so easy in a season of life as busy as, as the one that you're in right now to do anything but be still. And, Um. (laughs) you know, to just like, feel like there's just constantly something going, but sometimes the Lord, um, I'll never forget somebody. I heard a pastor preach, preach Psalm 23, which is not, you know, one that somebody usually preaches a ton out of. Um, but he preached Psalm 23 and it was in a season of like, I had just come off of like crazy busyness. And he said, you know, I think that the, the sheep and the shepherd, you know, what's happening here is like when he says he makes me lie down in green pastures, he said, those sheep are so dumb and they, they're not smart enough to know that they need to lie down and get some rest. Like, and they'll literally just stand there and overheat. He said, sometimes the shepherd would have to bend down and strain the tendon of the sheep so that the sheep was forced to lie down in those green pastures. And, you know, and so often I think in, in the midst of the craziest seasons of our lives, the Lord is like, rest you know, take a deep breath, trust in me, you know, and, and, and lean into me for this. And I think that that's, I love, you know, just these, the passage of scripture that remind us that that's such a valuable part of, you know, our day-to-day lives. And, you know, it's not always, we don't always have a ton of time to rest, but it's a huge part of us um, being who he's created us to be and being ready for whatever is next. That's right. Yeah. That it's, and it's like this constant returning, re-remembering, you mm-hmm. know, <laughs> Yeah, Lord. Yep. Okay, I'm gonna turn my heart to you again. Again, I'm so because I again. because I messed it up again, or I forgot I'm a total again. Dumb sheep. Yes, and uh-huh. an Israelite. I mean, Me too. <laughs> I know I, those Israelites, and I, I'm like, I'm way, I have way more in common with them than I wish I did. Yeah. So, oh gosh, you, the Lord is merciful and He's, so faithful. I'm so thankful, so thankful for that. So thankful. Well, um. I'm going to ask you a question that I'm probably, you probably shouldn't, I probably shouldn't ask, but like, do you have a favorite song off of your new album? Is there one that you're just like, maybe even this week you're like, okay, if I had to pick one, it'd be this one. Or is that just too hard of a question? Oh, I love it. It is, it is kind of like picking kids. Yeah. But, 
But I think the 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 song that is the most personal to me, although all of them are pr- pretty personal, <laughs> um, I wrote the song "Find You Here." Um, out of that promise in Philippians 4 and and kind of after that experience of being marked in that way by God's peace. And so um, I actually recorded that that song that day my dad was going in for a surgery Mm. and I sang the vocal for that song that day and like left the studio and took it into the hospital room like post-operation and um, my mom has a picture of my dad now listening to that song with her hands raised in the air in a hospital room. And we were just experiencing God's nearness still in yeah. a hospital room is not a cozy place, mm-hmm. you know? No. And so, um, I think whenever I hear that, I'm just reminded that God meets us in the most sterile, scary, unknown, broken places. Mm-hmm. Um, And so I actually was going to a friend's house the other day and I was laughing because I walked in and I guess I took a call before I walked inside. And when the call hung up, like it started playing that song, Find Mm. You Again. Yep. Yep. I was listening to my own songs. (laughs) (laughs) That's awesome. So that is sort of the one that I like listen to, to remind myself like, Hey, lay your worry down and sing his praises instead. Mm -hmm. Um, it has been, a, it's a really, really like personal reminder. Yeah. And I also just want to say, my mom would want me to tell you, my dad is in remission. Awesome. <laughs> Praise God for that. Um, and we know that that's not the end of every cancer story at all. But I think the, the family, the, our testament and our testimony in our family is that whatever we're walking through, God is not far away. Yeah. He's with us. Mm-hmm. And um, we know the end of the story because of what he's done for us on the cross. So That's we're really awesome. grateful for that. So good. And um, what, you know, this fall, you're actually going to be on some of our Life of Women events with Lisa Turkhurst. It's a new yeah. event called The Word Alive. And we're so excited. Is there anything in particular you're just excited about when it comes to those events that are coming in fall of 2017? Absolutely. I got to um, enjoy, I enjoyed a dinner with Lisa where we were kind of like dreaming and, and she was sort of telling me her vision for that mm-hmm. conference. And I promise you, I, almost the whole dinner, I was in tears. I was like, I really wish I had not worn mascara. <laughs> because I, her passion and, and her knowledge of God's word yeah. um is unbelievable. And his word is alive. And that's mm-hmm. what I've seen in, in my own life as I've memorized scripture. I'm like, this is alive and active. Yes. And so it's really the, the evening is really an invitation to experience the fact that God's word really is alive. And yeah. it's a sort of an experiential conference, not like any that I've ever heard of mm-hmm. before. And I cannot wait just to go and yeah. be a part of it. Me too. But see, to also see how God kind of intersects through his word with everybody's story there. I mm-hmm. think it's going to be a really powerful time. I do too. I keep hearing ideas and stuff floating around here in the office of things that they're going to do. And I'm like, I want to sign me up. Like I'll go. And, um, <laughs> and so we'll, we'll give you guys a link to, um, to the, the word alive events in the show notes and see if there's one coming near you this fall. Um, but one, and one other just like random question I wanted to ask you just cause I think, you know, inquiring minds that are listening would probably want to know, like, and there's probably a lot of faces to this question, but what, like, what does writing a song look like for you? Oh yeah, absolutely. Well, usually it starts off, um, 
really, for me, it starts off as a melody. Usually in my car is mm-hmm. when they come to me. So it's super, always super dangerous to write a song. So I'm like <laughs> pulling out my phone to get my voice memo to record it. Yeah. So a melody usually comes first. And then usually whatever I'm walking through, uh, songwriting is a cathartic process for me. So mm-hmm. I'm just... Um, I love co-writing a lot, and um, so I will have God's Word open, and I'll have a promise that I'm asking Him to help me believe and hang on to, and either by myself or with another co-writer, we'll kind of flesh that promise out into this melody that I've kind of already created, Mm -hmm. and so... It is a really, um, it is a really fun process because it, it's like opening God's word and it's alive with somebody else, yeah. and then you get to create something beautiful out of that. Mm. And it is like it feels extravagant to me. Mm. I cannot believe that that gets to be a part of my job. Yeah. I love it. That's so great. I love it, and um, and it really you know, it, it translates once it comes across to like when we're listening, when I'm listening to it in the car, or things like that. It's like the word you're hearing these verses. I'm like, that's, this is scripture we're singing. Like this is, you know, God, the word of God that's coming alive through music. And so you do such a beautiful job with that. Thank you so much. Yeah. It makes my heart beat fast. It, I, honestly, cause any, if I ever sell a CD or somebody tells me they've been listening, I just, I get so excited, not because I sold a CD, but because I'm like, oh, what's the Lord going to do with mm, his work? Yes. It's so fun. Uh-huh. That's so good. Well, I, I hope if you guys have not picked up Ellie's new album, Red Sea Road, that you will do so. We'll put a link to it on the website also. Um, but it has been, it has been such a joy chatting with you today just for a few minutes. I've really enjoyed oh. this. Same way. Thanks so much for taking the time today, Mary. Absolutely. Margaret. Well, thank you guys for listening in on another week of the Marked Podcast. We'll have we'll be back soon with new episodes, but keep an eye out at lifewaywomen.com forward slash podcast where you can get all of the info and everything we talked about today. And we will see you guys back here soon. Thanks so much for listening. If you want to join in on the conversation, tweet at me. You can find me on Twitter and Instagram at Mary Margaret C. You can also find Lifeway Women on all social media channels at Lifeway Women. Use the hashtag Marked Podcast to connect with us. All of today's show notes will be posted at lifewaywomen.com forward slash podcast. Don't forget to leave us a review on iTunes. It's a great way for other people who aren't listening yet to find us. Thanks again for joining us and we'll see you next week.